Hello, welcome to episode 55 of the Midlife Pilot Podcast, a show where we talk all things aviation for those who are starting their aviation journeys in midlife, however you define them. This podcast is about us sharing our experiences and the greater community's experiences as a midlifer. So it doesn't matter if you're a student pilot, a seasoned veteran, or just an enthusiast who maybe wants to learn, we're glad you're with us. My name is Ben. I'm a commercially certificated pilot here in Atlanta, flying a Cessna 182. Joining me tonight, as always, from Nashville, Tennessee, we have Brian. Hello, Brian. What's going on, guys? Hey, it's the end of the year. This is the big year-end spectacular. I, I can't believe 2023 is already done. I am a not commercial rated pilot, um, <laughs> and I fly a Cherokee 180, for those who don't know. I was going to say a private and tailwheel rated pilot. Yeah, tailwheel. Yeah. Well, it's not really a rating now, is it, guys? But it should be. Um, it should be. Should so, be. yeah, I'm super stoked to be here. Uh, to, and to be honest, I'm really excited because I know that, Ted, you've gone way down the wormhole of, of some really special things to happen tonight. Some of these I'm aware of and some of these I'm not. Um, yep. So I'm very excited. So as we go around the horn, I'll just go ahead and pass it to you, Ted. How's it going, man? All right. I'm doing good. The weather around here has been terrible, but that's all right. That's winter in the uh, in the Northwest. So I'm catching up on YouTube videos and flying when I, when I can. Think about skipping work so I can fly. There you go. Well, let's, uh, let's, Catch up on a few housekeeping items we have. We broadcast every Tuesday night, usually every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find us at youtube.com slash at Midlife Pilot Podcast. We have a live chat that's usually pretty active and uh, looking forward to catching up everybody on the chat tonight. Audio only version of this podcast is at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. We would very much appreciate it if you would give us a subscribe or a follow, whichever your podcast player does, and uh, leave us a review, a five-star review, preferably. We love getting feedback, your suggestions, your stories, whatever you want to send us. You can email us at midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com. And we have a very active and fun Discord community, a lot of great information in there, awesome way to interact with other midlifers. Send us an email and ask for an invite, and I'll make sure we'll get it out to you as soon as we can. The merch store is back open, store.midlifepilotpodcast.com. You can get T-shirts and pint glasses and stickers and a bunch of other stuff. So who's been flying? I've been flying, but have you, Ted, you just said you haven't been. <laughs> Not me. You're, yeah. You're, you're grounded. Yeah. You've been in the hangar, though. I've been in the hangar. Yeah. I need to get some sign-offs for some of the things have been going on in there, but I just feel like you're experimental, even though you're not. Yeah. It's interesting but to try and figure out how to navigate the, the sign-offs on various things, but I've got a couple of things that <laughs> I need to find a, a mechanic now, but yeah, there was a comment in our live stream here that uh, we've got Tim lean. I'll just say lean. Who knows what that last name is? Uh, said longtime listener, first time live, and as of Wednesday last week, new midlife private pilot. Ah, I've had you guys in my ear for my for the whole journey. Nice to be with all of you. Totally. Wow. Oh, and hey, look at that. There's also Michael Gillette joining us for the first time. We don't usually do shout outs of everybody's street in the comments, but it's the year end, and also that's pretty cool too. Yeah, to, really glad to see you. Yep. Yeah. Welcome, Michael Gillette. We're glad you're with us. 
Congrats on the private pilot check ride as well. Yeah. Tim. Yes, Tim. Just open up the checkbook, my friend. It's just where the fun really begins. <laughs> so, so Ben, you've been flying? Yeah, I did an angel flight mission. I took this one to A because um, when it's children involved, it's, there's a little extra specialness to it, if you will. But also the trip was to Cincinnati where my youngest sister, Lori, lives. And I haven't seen her since Thanksgiving. And I only get to see her a couple of times a year. And they were leaving to your neck of the woods um, the day after. I got to spend one night up there and hang out with them. And it was a lot of fun. Combined two passions there. When was that? I left, uh, what is today? Tuesday. So I left last Thursday, took the patient and dad up to Cincinnati, dropped them off, spent the night, Thursday night, came back Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if we possibly crossed paths <laughs> on Christmas Eve. It was, it was, the, it was a little bit before and it, it was a long flight because I had to pick the patient up in Macon, Georgia. It's a much longer flight than I normally do for Angel Flight. It was supposed to go to Knoxville. And um, then another leg was going to be uh, from Knoxville to Cincinnati. I will tell you that I, I did channel my inner Siskind. So... I could have easily made it back on one tank of gas, but I decided that, you know what, I'm going to take the Brian Siskin method and I'm just going to break it up and go check out some other places. And I've always wanted to land at the Knoxville downtown Island airport. Ah. And it was a great, and especially coming in from the North, there's three, probably the tallest antennas I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're Ooh. sitting on top of a mountain, no less. Huh. I, you really had to kind Her of- texture. They're on a smaller mountain, huge antennas that are then in essentially the larger valley that is surrounded yeah. by the bigger mountains. So you kind of feel like you're hemmed in a little bit when you're getting close to the airport if you're coming from that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, It'll keep your eyes open. Yeah, you will have your head on a swivel, but it was cool. It was a great approach flying in right over downtown and then following the river in. Uh, so it was a cool experience. So, so you landed runway eight? I did rant, land runway eight. Yes. Yeah. So that's really cool because then you come in, you're getting closer and closer to downtown. Then you kind of follow the bridge over and then come back down and cross back over the river. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. I love that airport. It's such a great airport. So the airport elevation is like 830 and the tower to the north of it is just over 3000. There's actually two sets of tower, two different locations a few miles apart there. One's 2,800 and the other is 3,000. So, yeah. The other thing is when you're looking at them, when you're looking at those towers and you're coming in, uh, they're not all the same kind of tower. Right. So you can easily have your eyes fooled thinking that you've got a handle of where they are. And then there's sort of yet another one that's the sneaky one. It's definitely, um, when I've looked at my tracks coming in there, <laughs> it's quite funny because I'm, I'm going way, way, way around there. And that that can be a pretty busy GA traffic pattern, busy place. So the departure was interesting. And yet again, I thought of you. So I decided I was going to take off and then climb up to 8,000 before my, I made my turn south to Atlanta. Because the, they come up pretty quickly, but also in the same frequency was a Cessna 140. Ah, going to my home airport. She was like, I want to do flight following, but I want to go down to McMinnville, Tennessee and go around all the mountains. Because hmm. he's like, I don't think my airplane can, can get me up that high or I'm going to sit here for the next 30 minutes spiraling up just to get <laughs> <Yeah>. it across. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you did some sightseeing and checked out some different yeah. places. Yeah, got the courtesy car, went into town. I got, uh, stopped at a coffee shop, a little locally owned coffee shop. It was really cool. I love all the houses around that little neighborhood that's right there. And then that part of town, gosh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, anyway, it's it's neat. There's a lot of, of neat little spots. So if anybody's flying in there, you can get to a lot of good stuff uh, on a short ride for, with a crew car. So yeah. definitely check out downtown Ireland. And the FBO, everything's just great. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, yeah. And so I did um, I did some flying. I, mean, I guess I've just done a lot of flying, but now it's going to kind of slow down. I did go to Chattanooga on Christmas Eve. I left the morning of Christmas Eve and came back uh, that evening. And I did re- <laughs> release a video of a little bit of a speed bump I had <laughs> in that experience it was um, otherwise an amazing, nice flight. It's funny how, and maybe those who have just gotten your check ride passed or early on, I think one of the things that's really interesting to me is how it used to be that when you were just coming out of being a student or maybe just having your certificate, flying, say, 40 or 50 miles really felt like a pretty solid little trip because you're just so inexperienced and having done a lot of longer trips, you've done maybe the 50 mile and then the one long cross country and maybe done a couple other little things. I just love those trips that are an hour. It's enough time to settle in and enjoy the flight. Yeah. But also not such that you have to start feeling like I've got to have provisions for being away for a long time or something. It's just great. So uh, flying to Chattanooga was fantastic. Also, probably one of the best FBOs I've ever been to, uh, Wilson Air. Have you been there, Ben? Uh, Absolutely. It's so nice. Um, They're so nice, so attentive. It was the first time that I've ever been to an airport. And when I was settling up on my fuel, they said, hey, we've got a note here for you. The guys said that uh, one of your struts is sagging. (laughs) and they just wanted to let you know. And I just thought, well, that's so great that they're actually kind of eyeballing the plane and making you aware of anything. Also, at the same time, it is a Piper Cherokee from the (laughs) (laughs) States. And this falls into the status quo, uh, normalized, what do you call it? Normalized deviance. Yeah, Um, normalization of deviance, yeah. Yeah, hey, we just had the right strut pumped up, so now it's overbearing... Yeah, the the note could have said, hey, you're flying a Piper. It's the same note. It was impressive that they called it out. It would have been more impressive saying, hey, we noticed your Piper's uh, sag is going on. Yeah, so I just, I really was though impressed. I never, maybe that's something that other people have seen before or that's normal in other parts of the country or other places, but I've never encountered that before where they were really looking at the plane and just eyeballing any notes. So I thought that was really cool. And yes, one told geek is saying here, saggy struts, welcome to midlife. Yes. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, yeah, good flying, good weather there for a minute. I took advantage of it while I could. And now it's going to be back to some maintenance things and all of that. But, um, but yeah, feel free to go see how I nearly busted the char. I I guess I did bust the Charlie theoretically. Uh, I thought I was going to get a lump of coal from Brasher Claws <laughs> on my way out of Nashville. I had a little radio problem that prevented me from hearing the words, remain clear of the class Charlie. 
and I went ahead and requested flight following. It turned out fine. Um, you live and learn. I yeah. think I need to, now that we have the Super Charlie, you have to stay so low. My radio is not great at low altitudes uh, in that particular area for whatever reason. It seems like only towered Air Force <laughs> it doesn't, when you really need it to. But anyway, you can see the video, but good times were had by all. We've all been there. I've busted yeah. a Bravo before. It's just, you, you can lose your attention for one second and... Four two nine one one. Do you know how high you are? <laughs> Oops, sorry. sorry. And that was the extent of the conversation. How mm. nice is the FAA prison, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> I filed a NASA report as soon as yes. I landed. Uh, so, um, should we get going with the yeah. year end spectacular? Let's do it. Thought we'd start off with maybe doing a year in review, and then maybe look ahead at what we got planned for twenty four. How does that sound to you guys? Hey, look, I'm having a white claw. My second, <laughs> my second white claw of all time, and in the spirit of what's coming for April, so I'm game for whatever, man. If we want to do a year interview, let's do it. Oh, April, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, let's. I, I put a little bit of effort into this. And I, I hope it goes as well as I think it's going to go. Ted, if you'll get the stuff queued up. Yep. I went through and listened to episodes 35 to a couple episodes ago. Oh. Just looking for snippets. We're going to call it a David Letterman style top 10 moments. It's not for the full year 23, but it's as far back as I had the patience to listen to. <laughs> and I thought we can just make a, have a quick comment or a quick about, about each one. So, and, and I got to tell you, I did get some outside help in ranking these. So thanks, Wendell Geek. So I can't remember which one's which. So we're just going to play it and I'll react to it at the same time. Yeah. And Brian and I haven't heard these, so... This yeah. is, it, it took a lot of effort to keep keep these under wraps. Yeah. All right. All right so, so let's, let's number 10. Number 10. Maybe what we'll do is just go ahead and introduce the new host and or co-host and host slash producer of the Midlife Pilot Podcast 2.0 that's going to be starting off uh, with episode 41. Uh, we'll get into the details of how we're going to do it, how things are going to be the same, how things are going to be different, but maybe we'll just get the introduction done. Uh, so come on in, guys. Uh, introduce yourselves. Oh, look at that. It's Ben and uh, Ted. Uh, ben and Ted, <laughs> like <for> adventure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ben's voice sounds like a robot. <laughs> yeah. Uh -oh. We got the robot voice again. Uh, this is how it should start. Right? <laughs> Welcome um, to the podcast. I'm yes. Ben. Uh, and Ben is gone. Okay, so that worked out great. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I forgot about how bad that was. Yeah. Well it was perfectly bad. Yeah, exactly. I know how to make a splash, don't I? I forgot about that. And you struggled with that for the first two or three episodes, I think. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Man, that, yeah. Welcome to the club. That energy of, oh, let's, let's talk about the revamp of the podcast. The yeah. only thing on my mind is, I hope I don't embarrass myself. That was like, <laughs> that's the only thing that I, it did really, but anyway. It's like Bob and Doug McKenzie in the digital age. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a good call. Let's, let's move to number nine. All right. Here we go. Delta. Uh, yeah, no, plan on the hiccups. Uh, yeah, accept the hiccups and be the hiccups. Love the hiccups. Oh, my so God. That last part was it. Be the hiccup. 
Okay. Let's play that one again. So this is gonna this is gonna take some creative editing on the on the live pod, but oh boy! So, so we're yeah. number nine. Number nine doesn't know what exist. happened there. Yes. So let's play number eight. Delta, uh, plan on the hiccups, and, and yeah, accept the hiccups and be the hiccups. Love the hiccups, but be the hiccups. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> we're be pretty meta with the hiccups right now. So that's, that's exactly perfect. right. It worked out perfect. So number nine uh, disappeared uh, apparently. Um, I'll have to look on my list here, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just you, you kind of reach out there sometimes with some of these really abstract <laughs> concepts. And and I embrace that. I think that's fantastic. Be the hiccups. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole idea of bag of words, right? Is that we're not perfect in our flying and words hard. All right. Let's go to the next one. You're accelerating and going up. Whereas when you're landing, you're decelerating and going down. <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, this is great. This is an epiphany. It- it is an epiphany. And the only thing that made that better was one dull geek's comment right after saying, and that's why we call him the sage. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Plane up, plane that's down. Right. Yes. Feel free to, well, uh, to write notes on this one. Yeah. Yeah. That one, I, again, when it was pointed out, it's like, okay, I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next one. Yep. And number right. five, I believe. And, uh, this is number six. Oh, this is number six. Okay. Sport pilot extraordinaire, our friend Ted Flysport. Hey, Ted. Hey, how you doing? How's the egg? The egg is very good. It's a good week for the egg. (laughs) I don't know. I just felt like a good week for your airplane is maybe there's a little more intimacy there that that (laughs) I don't want to know about. I don't know. I've just, it just struck me kind of funny. Let's go for more confusing for the audio podcast version of this, which is I got a gift for Christmas. I'm going to stand up and show it. Yes. VTLS, flight design. Yeah. Yeah. It's a custom shirt. It has the tail number on it and it's, they have uh, stock paint patterns, which is normally fine. Although this is a limited edition one, but it's close enough. That's from a company called Flyboy Toys. That'll in the doobly-doo this is going to be a, a strong week for doobly-doo content yeah the, it was cool the, these custom shirts and didn't even know such a thing existed number six in the egg and uh, too much affection for the egg and i'm wearing a custom shirt for it so this is not looking good yeah that's again i'm a little worried about it but <laughs> you're airplane owner i get it we're all we, we get it yeah all right number five please all right uh, ben you want to read this for us oh yeah from biff benson as long as the instructor didn't preface that with to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs. <laughs> <laughs> My poor egg. Yes. My poor little plane. It's already been cracked it's, once with the windshield. So yeah. Oh man. I forgot so a lot about of picking that. on the egg. Yeah. Cracking the, the egg. egg yes. Yeah. Of course. And for, I don't know if I've ever shared on the pod, but when I bought the plane and I was ferrying it, the windshield cracked and for no real reason, but that was a very long and painful process to get the windshield replaced and it was actually worse being a slsa i so i ended up flying to la to fix that which made for quite the trip yep a little duct tape fly to la it had foil tape on it for about 50 hours and it was signed off as it's high-speed tape i don't know I, I love I love savvy savvy aviation though because I put in an AOG to them at 
about 8.45, let's see, 9.45 Mountain Time. And I got a call within 15 minutes from a guy on the East Coast that works for Savvy. So in 15 minutes, he he's calling me at midnight. And wow. even more wild, he's like, oh, I know the CTs. I used to fly a CTSW and maintain it. I was like, that was just... <laughs> you remember the, the don't litter commercials with the Native American a tear, yeah. you know? Yeah. That yeah. was you when that guy called you. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. And for those who don't know, what is AOG? AOG is aircraft on ground. Okay. It's, oh, let's see. PG. Oh, shoot. I can't go anywhere. Uh, moment. Got it. So, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go to the next one. Is that number? Number four. four. Really difficult instrument approach down to minimums. I'll, if I get it on the ground, which I usually do. <laughs> usually get it on the ground. Don't always get on the Sometimes I'm still in the air. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is, but yeah. When you podcast, you say a thousand things and there's going to be 17 of them that are absurd, no matter how hard you try to avoid it. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. And I actually went back to episodes one through 10, not all through of them, but just spot checking, finding stuff. And Brian, you don't do it. I had to work really hard to find anything with you in there. I'm, I quite frankly walked away from this whole process very impressed with you, even more so than I already am. So, yeah. Look, I'm the cockroach of this podcast. <laughs> outwit, uh, outwit, <laughs> outlast, outplay. Yeah. Yes. All right. Next one, please. Number three. Number three. Part of the country, we have what's called hail. <laughs> oh, I've heard it's, of that. Yeah. There are falling balls of uh, ice death for, for sheet metal and aluminum. <laughs> it takes an artist to come up with an, an, an example of, of hail as ice balls of death. I'm just, again. Yeah. Balls of death, balls of terror. You remember that movie Phantasm? That is a horror movie from um, the late 70s. And it featured this ball that would float around and it had a, it could do things like drill people's brains out or various things. That's, Never heard of it. Well, look it up. Put it in the doobie doo, Ted. Phantasm. <laughs> Phantasm. Uh, that movie scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. That That's to me the personification, I guess, if you will, of hail. It's just the worst thing. And for instance, I have these two old Toyotas and then my wife has her Toyota. We have a two-car covered garage port which is enough safety from this ice death. And she won't let me, even though mine are really actually classics, you know, 80s, and hers is almost an antique. 2004, believe it or not, is almost an <laughs> antique. When, it, when the hail's coming, I have to figure out which car I'm thinking about sacrificing uh, while it's parked on the street. But I do have moving blankets and car cover and I, I'll lay my body over. I'll do anything I can. <laughs> like they're going to, the insurance adjuster will see exact cut out of my silhouette, like a crime scene silhouette. So, so I was going to say in 1978, there was a hailstorm that hit my hometown and the hail was about softball size. Huh. And it, it brought every roofer within a hundred mile radius cars just for miles and miles that were put into a junkyard and the noise that came through our house 
And I was 10 years old and it scared the crap out. I think it imprinted on my brain. And so that's why I guess I resonated with ice balls of death because that's exactly how I see them yeah. to this day. Yeah, I can't imagine um, having a plane on the ramp. Yeah. All right, let's move on to number two. Number two. I'm going to slightly put you on the spot. Let's see. Has there ever been a time, and I can think of one time, but has there ever been a time when you're like, oh, crap, what's going on? In the plane? <laughs> not, not on the altar. Not on the altar. <laughs> I mean, daily, but specifically. Um... Oh, my gosh. That was perfect. Yeah. It, and there's, there's a fair amount of truth into all of that. With three boys in the house, the youngest 18, the oldest 23, there's always, what what's going on? She's got four boys in the house, so. Yeah, t- technically, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. So, uh, again, I make a little bit more fun of myself. I think the last one, again, it's, Brian, there's just not enough of it of you in here, and it won't be you on this one. But this was probably one of my favorite moments uh, today, introducing the number one clip. Here we go. An actor, a character. It's kind of icing on the actual, the vegetables. Like, put icing on vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's icing yeah. on the vegetables. No, but it, it's like you actually. That's what I'm actually, writing down. <laughs> Ted, I'm so sorry. You're muted. But I mean, that, that was the best. Oh. Which one was that from? That was uh, Brian, the, Brian with the, the happy y. hour with Brian with the Y. Just, uh, just plain silly. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Icing on, the, icing vegetables. on the vegetables. Yeah. I, and I have used that phrase now to my kids. And <laughs> I think there needs to be a shirt put into the merch store. <laughs> Matt, I managed to forget about that. So thanks, I guess. Yeah. That's, no, I think that was one of my... on the vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what is the anatomy of that? It is what? a Portlandia thing, I believe. But go ahead, please. <laughs> Give me... One reason, like well, it sounds like you've conflated two sayings, two, yeah. two, two sort of colloquialisms or whatever. But what is the vegetable one? That was that. Was, it was definitely like eat your vegetables. Was that half of that? It was like take a bad thing. But I already started out with the good thing and <laughs> mouth well ahead of the brain at that point. You know, this is uh, being behind the airplane. It's uh, being behind the mouth. Yeah, um, it gets better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's our show title from Tim Lean, Ice Balls of Death on the Vegetables. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is great. So it, so icing on the vegetables is really a Faulkner-level discourse on, it's a postmodern interpretation <laughs> of optimism and pessimism. What's great about it is it's very distinctive and it communicates nothing. There's, there's no <laughs> idea to know what, that, what the intent was by that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So that's it. That's my top 10 moments uh, of at least what I was willing to go back and listen to. As far, yeah, there, was, there was a fair amount of time invested in that. So that was great, Ben. Yeah. Well done. Well Thank done. You. And by the way, our new listeners, especially, please don't be discouraged by our archive based on Ben's experience. <laughs> It actually can be a good thing if you go back and listen to painfully everything. It's not, you don't have to choose bits out of it, so you can just listen, but yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about what the kind of top episodes of the year were. 
if you go through our analytics, it shows top of all time. And the, the with, with Chris, we're always great. And it's still the number one episode is still episode four, Demystifying the Private Pilot Checkride. Mm. That's from memory, the title. It's, yeah. Everyone wants the checkride pod. And that was a great one. So you have to... We have to get below the really good ones to, to find what happened this year. I think and, that was a good one to do early on because we were all a lot closer to our own checkride experiences so we could remember more things. But I think also it was good because it set the tone for the rails around this podcast that we wanted to maintain, which are we are middle-aged people yeah. learning how to fly. We are not... CFIs. We're not instructors. We're not here to provide guidance or instructional content. And we are not in a position of authority over anything. Yeah. But when you're thinking about how to produce an episode that maybe addresses the check ride and you have those rails, it really forced us to consider what is this maybe about more on a psychological level or what does it feel like and what can we speak to from that standpoint, from a human experience standpoint. And I think that what we came up with at the time was that there just seems to be when you're at that stage, a lot of almost like lore, this kind of, I don't know, this resonance about the experience that compounds it and makes it a little heavier than it should be. When you just look at all the people that come out of the other side of it, including ourselves at that stage, thinking that was awesome. That was a great experience. That was fun. I didn't need to be worked up about it really at all. You have to be on top of your things and your standards and your game, but it's not a difficult thing from a like almost like a spiritual or personal level. <laughs> it's it was just a way to to come at it or a way. What I'm proudest about with that is that we can address things. We can use our lack of position of authority or instructional capability <laughs> to actually address things that you don't hear a lot of people talking about, and especially for people like us that are not all career bound, or most of us aren't, but. Anyway, so I was, I'm very happy and it makes a lot of sense that episode stands as being a, an entree into what we're creating. So that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to be able to share your opinions and not facts on a podcast like this. And it doesn't matter which check ride it is. It's going to be the same thing over and over. I've done three of them now and they I've had the same feeling every time and walked away the same every single time. Yeah, I that was... I remember that one just as a listener going, yep, he's right. And I think it might've been a little bit after my instrument. I can't remember what year that was, but it's been a couple of years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that was a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, after we talked about how great that episode is, here are the others, which are this year's, my fancy slide here. So the second most popular episode of all time was episode 48, Nashville ATC with Scott and Shelley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, everybody was interested in that one. And I think that's cool. It, it's great talking to uh, it's great talking to ATC. And they were, I want to have them on again for non-ATC stuff because they, they have a lot going on. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're fascinating in the sense that they are living 30 lives at the same time. <laughs> they must be so, they're so elegantly handling so many different responsibilities by being controllers or being pilots or being parents or uh, all the other things that they're involved in, uh, yeah. selling properties and all that. So it's just, who would have ever thought that ATC would be a strong pull for aviation podcasts. <laughs> Another shout out to our friends at Opposing Bases. They gave us a big shout out at, on their last episode. So we want to make sure we return that favor. There, Shout out ping pong. Yes. That's it. That's it. If you are listening to this podcast and you're newer to the private pilot world, check out Opposing Bases. Uh, you will learn they're not like us. You, they can actually teach you things and you yeah. will learn things and you will gain significant amount of value from it. Yeah. It's almost like we're stage one just to let you know you're not alone. But then, we're the gateway yeah. drug. <laughs> we're the gateway drug. Yeah. Oh, but then in the house, yeah. Yeah. we'll welcome everybody with open arms. Real quick, the next two top episodes for us of all time number five is Information Whiskey. I thought after our first happy hour episode that did okay, but I, I didn't think that those were going to be super popular and then information whiskey was very popular so it was cool that we just need to do it more often and actually drink, drink more, more whiskey yeah yeah okay and then the other one that's from 2023 but in the pre-ben and ted era is 31 weird things that happen when flying and that was weird that was, things that happen that's also getting into that early stage curiosity of what are some of the things that you're going to, I think it's just acclimating to the idea that not every flight, but a lot of flights are going to be introducing new wrinkles and new variables that are not as dramatic as emergencies or things like that, but just paying notice to the idea that there's just weird stuff, yeah, circumstances that will just line up and it can be really idiosyncratic, but I don't think a lot of weight is put on how stressful or distracting some of those things can be, especially when you're just getting out there. And we've talked about this, just going to an FBO and how to understand where you're supposed to go and what's expected or what, or just strange ways that you might enter traffic in an airport that you haven't really been faced with before because you've got I don't know, somebody fast behind you and you got this going over here and they're trying to do a squeeze play and then you're all of a sudden having to, I don't know, just there's always these little compounding sets of circumstances that are not necessarily huge things on their own. And they can just be weird things that happen when you're flying. And I just thought, what a great thing to have examples of and then just prepare yourself for so that when you're getting out there, just go ahead and accept there's going to be weird things that happen. And when they happen, you'll go, oh, this is like one of those weird things that happen. And then you don't uh, have it. Tim Lean earlier in this podcast made a comment about us doing another episode on weird things that happen. He, huh. he said, I know this has been mentioned before, but maybe we can come up with some, uh, some other things, other experiences that newer pilots should maybe, maybe we need to bring it back up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Send us your weird things that have happened that are not emergencies, not just those idiosyncratic things. Send those to midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com and we can hash them out. I love that stuff because that is the majority of what the challenge is 
for the first to a hundred hours after private pilot for sure. And it'll continue to be a challenge, but you take those things a little bit more in stride as you get more experience. That's exactly right. I'm going to share a quick feedback too, because I thought this was pretty good. Tim Lean says, y'all drink whiskey and are complaining about free balls of ice from the sky. <laughs> free. Free. <laughs> You've got to get it in the glass, but yes, it's free. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bar in East Nashville that offers uh, bespoke hail ice for the <laughs> cocktail. Yeah, yeah. They're sustainably collected. And <laughs> <laughs> each one has its provenance. <laughs> this is from Knoxville two months ago. It has notes of. Yeah. Cool. So what do we got next, guys? Yeah. What's the we next? We want to talk about what's going on. What's what we got looking forward to in 24. Is there anything else you wanted to recap in 23? Ted, didn't you have another slide? Some accomplishments of 23? Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to, I was looking at myself trying to say which way we're going to go here. So let's go around the horn and talk about our summaries of 2023 and going into 2024. Ben and Brian provided kind of the accomplishments and goals to me. They also provided their logs. And so they don't know exactly how I pulled things out of the log. So I'll, oh, yeah. I'll start yeah. with Ben and talk about what I'm I saw curious in his about logs. This. Yeah. Ben, overall, Let's see, this year, landed at 51 airports. Wow. Okay. Flew 158 hours. That's a little 40, bit higher than the last couple of years. 46% solo. You fly the most with other people out of the three of us. You flew three tail numbers this year, which famously, Ben is the person who flies one plane. And this year, because you flew TAA, and what else did you fly? Uh, it was just a, uh, another 172. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing, and this took a little work to to dig out, and the numbers be maybe off by one or two, but I found the biggest dry spells of your flying. And ah. so there might be stories behind each of these. Uh, the whole month of February, plus some on both sides, that's 39 days of not flying. Was that your annual? That was annual. Getting some cylinders replaced? That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, beginning of the year was two also- Two cylinders, like, yeah, yeah. It was hard to come by. Yeah. And then before that, um, maybe it just was weather. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. And then because these are in order, the next one yeah. is 19 days, which was in September. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was uh, during the time of my father-in-law had passed. So uh, there was a lot to take care of around the house. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's that's life. That is life. That's absolutely yeah. right. And I was happy to be able to be available to my wife and, and everybody for so why don't you tell us about your 2023? Yeah, I was thinking about it. I'm sure there's a lot more to it. I try to do one angel flight a month. I don't know that I got 12 trips in this year, especially when I'm 40 days off from from the annual and all the other stuff. I had the pleasure of flying with one dull geek. He came with me to my trip to uh, land at Hartsfield for my 1000th landing. That was fun. And commercial rating, I waited to the very last minute, but I got it done. And then I still, I think I'm at uh, 65 of the 104 airports in the state of Georgia. So I'd really like to take out a big chunk of those in this year as well, in this coming year. Yeah. Another Hartsville out of the way. Yeah. Start from the biggest, work work smaller. That's right. The hardest, at least, out of the way. All right. And then your goals for this coming year? Tailwheel's number one on the list. I've always wanted it, but after hearing Brian talk about it a lot, he's kind of inspired me to really put pen to paper and, and get this thing going. So I do want to try to get that done before June. It would be really nice to get it done before the fly-in, but I don't know if I can make that happen. 
Do you know where you would be going or what? I've got two places in mind, but I haven't made my mind up definitely. I could be talked into somewhere else. Do you know which plane you might be? So there's a guy that has a, um, it's a pacer. All right. Piper pacer. Another guy has a Citabria. Ah. But I really like the 140s and the 170s. I'm going to go ahead and go on record in saying this, but I'm going to win the AOPA plane. Yes. Congratulations. Thank yes. You. So that's really my motivation. But that, to me, I, I'd love to learn in a Cessna, being a Cessna guy. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to fly all the way up to Music City Exec to go learn with your guy. Um, maybe if I could just come up there for the weekend, if I only had a place to crash. You've always got a place here and... In your plane at the airport. <laughs> yeah. For $150 a night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm excited because I just know that it's going to go quickly from you get you getting your tailwheel endorsement to you putting some big bush tires on your, <laughs> on your 180. Like it's going to be a, the transformation will begin. Yeah. yeah. Already the, the stall plane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Uh, I want to spend some time. I've got a college buddy. I want to go up see in Minneapolis. We've got a huge group of midlifers in the, in the Wisconsin area. So I'd like to do a big, long Brian Siskin world loop take maybe a week to 10 days and just point the nose of the aircraft to the north and see where it takes me. Yeah. Love it. Before we carry on, and I just want to make sure we do it before we forget, we wouldn't be able to do this show um, without the supporters that we have. And I just want to make sure before people trail off as we keep talking about ourselves <laughs> is I'd love to read the names of all the supporters that we've had so far and in, in 23 and thank them again. I have them pulled up or Ted, did you want us to read them out? You're yeah, muted. I don't have them. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up, Brian. So from the bottom of my heart and Ted's, I'm sure as well, Michael Gonzalez, Steve Cross, Alyssa Miller, Mark Horn, Michael Smith, Mike Duhamel, if I mispronounce your name, my apologies. Evan Schaefer, Biff Benson, Brian Drennan, the Badger Pilot, uh, Leslie Carlin, Nathan Winnicott, Rob Gannett, Peter Tarantelli, Adam Rich, and Michael Gillette. Yeah, Thank you, guys. It really does actually cost money to do this for us, and so that actually offsets things. And also, people buying some merch, we make very little on those types of things. Um, drops in the bucket that add up. And so, yeah, we do this for 25 cents an episode if you want to sign up for 99 cents a month. And honestly... Come on, 99 cents a month. Come on. You could also pay 99 cents a month to tell us to stop podcasting. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Well, so let's uh, move on to Brian because I yeah. feel like I've been talking too much. Yeah, let's pull Brian's up here. Uh, yeah, Brian, you've landed at 27 airports this year. Flew 171 hours. I think it's slightly more than Ben was. 86 hours uh, were solo. It's 50, 50%. So pretty mm. similar. Mm. Your dry spells, beginning of the year, all of January. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, I didn't have a plane to fly. That definitely reduces the amount of flying you can do without an airplane. Yeah. Then all of March. Because then I found a plane to fly and then it got destroyed. <laughs> so I didn't have oh, a plane man. to fly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then... Okay, and the third spell here that you're looking at, 
Yeah. That was when I finally bought into a plane and it immediately had to go into annual and also have an autopilot installed. Yeah. So your 2023 in review, I actually wrote the first one there because I knew that one. You went to Marfa. Yeah. That was just such a great, just a great trip from just an experience level from the flying part and then also from the destination itself. It was really one of those things that reminds you why you put yourself through all of this expense and all of the studying and all of the work and all the continuing education and all of it. And when you really start to take a stock of how much time I study at least one accident every day, I'm doing something nonstop. So what is this all amounting to if you're not doing it for a career and ultimately it's experiences? And that was just an incredible experience. So Marfa, if anybody hasn't flown there, I highly recommend. Wait, you see, if anyone hasn't flown there, out of everybody listening to this pod, you're probably the only one who's been there. Me, uh, highly recommended. Because well, are you saying that Josh Flowers Josh doesn't Flowers. listen? Are you saying Josh, he doesn't listen? Josh Flowers, if you're listening, hello. <laughs> we don't mean to exclude you. You're over in California right now and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And that was cool too. I can't believe that I missed him by just a couple of days yeah. out there. It, that was such a strange thing. To, but what an aviation experience to have, right? Like where yeah. you're in the middle of absolutely nowhere that is not a... It's not an aviation mecca. It's it's, not like Catalina Island. And it's not on the way to anywhere. You have to really mean to go there. And I think what a perfectly aviation experience to have to get a text from somebody being like, hey, man, when are you you leaving? We're going to be there in a few days. Are you nuts? On the non-flying side of that, I think of that as restoring your or refilling your creative cup. It's, yeah, sure. Yeah. It, you have to have nice like going that. places where you're just tired and be like, oh, okay, that's right. This is what life's about. Grinding out some days and then getting to go somewhere like Marfa. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had experiences in the past where things that have happened on long trips like that, things that I encountered have really deeply altered the course of my existence. And you have to really avail yourself to those things. It's not, I'm not the kind of person that just goes somewhere to vacation and I don't know, I'm not a resort person <laughs> or whatever, uh, which is good because I can't afford those kind of things. But <laughs> but the point is just, um, yeah, it was definitely a spiritual adventure. And I, like the flying I got done and everything was magnificent. It was really a lot of beautiful stuff and challenging stuff. And, and also just breeds a little confidence in the airplane. You know, when you're in the first year of owning an airplane and you can start taking one a couple thousand miles around and yeah. it just runs and it's fine. It's, uh, it's nice. Yeah. Marfa. That, goes, that goes back to my advice about how you do a long, long distance trip, which is you work up to it. And that's what you did in that plane is flew the pattern. Then you're flying 50 miles, then you're flying an hour, then you're, and so nothing about Marfa is surprising. It's just an extension of that. Yeah. I, I would consider everything I've done since private pilot check ride a concentrically sort of <laughs> expanding orbit on a conscious level yeah. and pushing my limits uh, a little bit more and more. And it's honestly, now it's, it's just not a big deal to fly a plane for eight hours a day. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. Michael G who has joined us in, in discord said he got into middle life flying because of the dream of flying Ooh. from New Orleans to Marfa. Yeah. yeah. He lives in Noro. Yeah. Right yeah. on. 
Yeah. NEW is one of the best airports. It doesn't matter which approach you're coming in on. It's a beautiful view. With Brian's concentric circles, I guess maybe a, about a year from now, he's going to be flying the transatlantic route. Yeah. <laughs> Nova Scotia, Iceland, Greenland. Great circle map. So yeah. the other things in your accomplishment were tailwheel. That was a big deal. Huge deal. A lot of people get their tailwheel endorsement. And that's, I'm glad for that. For me, it was a revelation and I've talked about it plenty. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole again. But if, again, if you're a person that's just gotten out of your check ride and you're just starting to get out there and maybe you're like me where it's just not feasible to go right into getting an instrument rating and it's still not feasible for me to get an instrument rating <laughs> economically, but you just feel like you want to keep working on stuff. You know, I think it's about the mentality of training and the mentality of going to the gym for flying or, or whatever you want to call it. Getting the tailwheel endorsement is the perfect thing to do and to add to your repertoire because it is impossible. And I'm very curious, Ben, for you to have this experience because you've got so many more hours than I do, but it's just amazing to come back to your plane or whatever you're flying that's maybe not a tailwheel and really be able to note how much better of a pilot you are all the way around. Other people maybe have had less dramatic experiences with the tailwheel experience. And I would almost contend that if you don't have a revelatory experience getting your tailwheel, then you're really not attenuated to the absolute details of flying because there's just no way to get through that without, in your training, you get the first 80% and that's enough. But that last 20% is so minutia, detail, longitudinal, I don't just detail. Yeah. yeah. And so when you get through that detail and then you come back to your super, for me to go back to a Cherokee 180, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden learning how to do open wheel racing and then going back to driving a Camry. It's, okay. That's a great analogy. You're like, this is fine. I'm, you know what? I, I can drift in this thing. It's fine. <laughs> You're doing ballet and combat boots when you go back to it. You're like, what do you mean? I'm, I had to dance around so much in the tailwheel. Yeah. Yeah. Ted, I was just thinking tailwheel was really just the icing on the vegetables for me. Of course. <laughs> icing on the vegetables it is. Yeah. So the final accomplishment there was uh, a year ago, you were a renter and now you're a part owner. Yeah, I, I recommend part ownership to people all the time that are like, I can't afford a plane or whatever. So yeah, just find a club, find a friend, find a way to. <laughs> I mean, and it's even at the edge of my reach as a part owner, but all that to be said, the learning that you get, the oneness you get with the airplane, the yeah. pride, the detail, the understanding. It's a full aviation experience that you just don't get to have as a renter. And yeah. since I've been on all sides of that, I can just say that it's made me a better pilot. It's made me a better aviator in every way. Listen, once you've crawled into the tail cone of a Cherokee <laughs> and somehow come out not having lost all of your blood, yeah, you feel like a better pilot. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, all these it's, things. It's a great thing. And everything's got its own challenges, its own headaches. It's yeah. going to pick your poison. It's going to be, if it's not one thing, it'll be another. But right. you might as well get that holistic experience out of it. Yeah, there's definitely downsides to it. And 
well, we could do a whole pod on why you shouldn't own any part of a plane and you should <laughs> only rent. And that's fine. It, but uh, for those of us that are addicts, it works out well. Addicts and can afford it. So your goals for this coming year. Yeah, I did a video that summated my year. I released that three videos ago. So I guess I did it a little early, my year in review. One of the things that I was thinking about when it comes to New Year's resolutions and all that is that I think that those are sometimes a platform for self-imposed stress. And I like to think about it more as in, intentions or something less, yeah. um, I don't know, less pass fail about it. Because yeah. my year last year, my, I wanted to get my instrument rating and I did everything but get an instrument rating, but I had a hell of a time right. and I learned all the things that I think really in the end are what I needed to actually learn at that time. Right. And it's aviation. When are you ever, there's no nirvana. There's no, there's no omniscient point we're right. all going to reach besides the sage. I'm happy for how it went. And so I'm happy to roll the dice with another set of failed ideas about whatever it is I hope to do. Um, but we pull that back up so I can remind myself what yeah. I said I wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. So I've never been to Oshkosh. I would like to go to Oshkosh. I don't want to fly into Oshkosh. <laughs> I think what I'd like to try to do is fly up to that area ish and then figure out how to get to Oshkosh. I don't know if financially that'll work or circumstantially. I, I do have possibly some people that might help me make it possible if I can just get myself up there, but to to sustain myself, getting there, staying there, all that is a little bit much. But I do have it as a goal, and and I think with the right pieces and luck uh, coming into it, then it might happen. You know, even if it's just for a couple of days, just to yeah. have seen it. So otherwise, yeah, maintaining my tailwheel proficiency. It's you've come this far, you've keep it up, and so I definitely plan on on doing that. Uh, can you pull that back up again, Ted? Yeah, next is finance the one forty. Oops, oh, I hit the wrong thing there. There um, we go. So I want to build some sort of a plan to figure out how to get my own 140, possibly in lieu of an instrument rating. And I know that that seems crazy, but when you only have so many chips to play, yeah, you got to think about what is the kind of flying I most want to do and what puts me in the best position in terms of return on investment or at least holding some sort of equity or something. And I'm not here to argue the merits of an instrument rating. I know that that's something that I have to do. But again, if you're a private pilot, just got your check ride done, you don't have to do anything if you don't want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you just want to do like me and go fly for 300 and something more hours before you even think about it, do that. I've learned, I've been in complex airspace. I'm not phased by a lot of things that otherwise I would have been completely overwhelmed by just out of uh check ride. Yeah. And I think that whenever I do get to my instrument rating, I'll be better for it. But in the meantime, I'm just thinking, you know what? I really want to do more than just rent a tailwheel from time to time. I want to put more time into that. And there's a lot of flying I want to do that's just low and slow type of flying. And those are the most approachable, economically speaking, planes that you can get your hands on if we can speak of anything as being economical. So... <laughs> I'm just trying to put a framework around a plan. Yeah. And if I can figure out how to get a 140, that would be absolutely outrageous. And I would love that. And I and maybe have one that isn't so nice 
that I can keep right next to you know the airport at my house, still have my share in the Cherokee for taking trips and for instrument and for those types of things, but shift some of that to what I would honestly be doing a lot more. I would be, I'm flying a lot, but I would fly a lot more just for kicks if I had a yeah. tailwheel two miles from my house and it was just fair weather flying, which honestly sounds way more fun and financially rewarding <laughs> to me than bearing down on my instrument training, which is not giving you now permission to go fly in all kinds of weather. It's not, I'm not going to the air. I don't know. Like I'm in this, I'm in this perpetual embattlement with the instrument rating. All that to be said, I'm still studying. I'm still, it's not dead. I'm not giving up. I'm just trying to take it easy on myself and go where the water is flowing. And I, I yeah. think you're maximizing your enjoyment out of flying. Yeah. Yeah. An instrument was part of that for me. And that's fine. I just think you found it a niche within the aviation community that you're passionate about and you're going for it. I've not to mention that you're not far from me, Ben. And you've already proven <laughs> that you will just come and pick me up. Yes. <laughs> think you're, about it. I can save yeah. myself the instrument rating for now. And you've got yeah. an Uber driver. But now yeah. now it may cost you something. <laughs> <laughs> Because literally it can cost you something. I knew yeah. the other shoe was going to drop at some yeah. point. Was, oh, okay. I knew the icing on the vegetables was going to happen <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come back out. Yeah. I have a big trip planned the summer, June. I want to take my wife west. And it's not just about the flying that I want to do, but I want her to be a, to be able to be more of a part of it. And she's a teacher, so she's helping people while I'm out here freelancing yeah. and doing whatever. So anyway, want to go to the Grand Canyon, want to go to all those places. I'm hoping that it makes sense to do that with a 180 horsepower in June. But I can tell you that I've already learned a lot about density altitude and I know what the limits are with that plane and what things look and feel like. So anyway, I have a huge long trip that I want to do in June, but I want my wife to come with me this time and do all that. So those are my goals. Yeah. I Good like ones. it. So let me pull my up. Oh, last but not least. Mine are not a surprise to me. So I landed at 84 airports this year. God, that seems <laughs> like it's down for you. I know. It's, yeah, it's wild. Flew That's like cartel hours. numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Could have made some money if I was transporting cargo. I was going to say, I mean, that CTLS didn't pay for itself. It had yeah. to pay some miles. Yeah. yeah. Flew 214 hours and 72% of that was solo. I was surprised on my overall that my solo number percentage was a lot lower than that. But it made sense once I pulled this year's numbers that I am flying three quarters of the time alone. And that totally makes sense. I, I love it. And All right. I got to note this for the record. Ted's total dry spells was double mine and Brian. He's <laughs> I, double the hours. He's so much me, more hours. My dry spells tell quite the story there. My first dry spell, the second longest, which is almost a month long, was January. And I went from 1-1 to the 29th. And I flew, I rented the RV-12. And then went from that date to mid-April, which is another 75 days before I flew again. Why? because I was buying a plane because I'm not going to throw a ton of money into renting a, a plane, especially in the winter up here. I'm trying to afford a plane that is 
really at the edge of my grasp again financially. And yeah, so I was, and I, yeah, I was really in the, the first quarter of the year because of that. My, my other dry spell is basically right now. I flew about five days ago or a week ago and I'd been since Thanksgiving. So it'd been three weeks since I flew and th- that's just weather. I, I'm doing the same thing right now. If the weather gets good, then, then I'll go flying, but I can't otherwise. The last year in review, I bought yeah. a plane. Yeah. That was the big deal. I also went overnight camping in the plane for the first uh, first time. And I've always loved... Uh, when I say overnight, it's 24 hours, right? From when you leave the house until you get back home. It's not enough time that you've got to take gear to cook or anything like that. It's just sleeping bag, spend the night, like food in a cooler. And so I did three of those trips. Two of them um, were like grass runways and the other one was a paved one. I did three major trips which is really like a thousand mile legs. And when I say leg in a full day or in a day and a half type legs. So there was three flights around a thousand miles because I bought the plane in Arizona, brought it home. And then I flew to LA and back and I flew to Southern Utah and back the epic days in, in the plane. Then it gets to, to Ben's as we were talking about um, collecting all the airports. I've been focusing on Washington, even though I live south of there. And I've landed in around 40, maybe about 45 of about 100 to 105 of the airports in the state. So about 40% of the airports. And I'm really enjoying collecting those. And I'm looking forward to doing more of that. And obviously that works really well combining with, with the overnight camping. Finally, I did a bunch of backcountry landings. And that was cool. It's, it, it, yeah, it is the little egg. But it with a, with a nice um, short takeoff roll, it's a great plane for that. As, yeah. as far as tricycle planes go. And I'm thinking back about some of the really cool places I landed. Obviously, landing on the beach and yeah. landing in thick gravel and a couple of the backcountry fields, airfields. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to doing more of that and go back to at least one of the places that I went to. Um, goals for this year. I want to get a lot more of the Washington stamps. I'm not going to be able to finish it this year for sure, but I'm really enjoying collecting it. And that makes a good excuse for places to go when I don't, when I don't know where I want to go or I don't have a task in mind. I want to do some more overnight camping and I want to do a more than one night camp of that. And the final one is my stretch goal that I really am hoping I can do, which is to literally fly cross country to uh, come out to the East coast. And if I could do that this year, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Again, these are not pass-fail goals. These are, <laughs> they're, it's aspirations. It's what I'm hoping for. Love it. Yeah, yeah man. You've been tearing it up, man. Oh, man. Yeah. I love the beach landing. I'm, is that video public? It is. Um, I'll put that in the doobly-doo. Yeah. Do that. If you haven't seen it. I think that is Sierra 16. Is that at Coppolis? Airport? Yeah, Coppolis. Or as a local who is on the, on the, you know, on the CTAF for a nearby airport he's like no it's copayless like yeah okay fine but wasn't there a whale that washed up there a couple weeks ago there was yeah yeah is it still there i don't know Um, we just want to put out there to the pilots that (laughs) be careful of beached whales at this runway yes because that's really a thing that's that is is fod yes yes a whale is fod yeah yeah we want to hear from you guys our listening and viewing audiences 
Um, we want to hear your highlights of 2023. We want to hear what you've got planned for 2024. Speak it out to the universe. It's the first way to first step in making it happen. Yeah. Uh, Peter said that he went to Oshkosh in 2021 for his first time. And I was, I didn't even remember that they held it in that year. They didn't hold it in 2020, but they did in 21. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, email midlifepilotpodcast at gmail.com with your, just pretend like we're Oprah Winfrey and, (laughs) and you just want your dreams to come true. And they will if you just email them to Midlife Pilot Podcast yeah. <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, we might cover, might pick up some of those. And yeah, I would really episodes. like to hear some of that. Yeah. So, another topic or two here. I pulled up all of our airports and put it on a map. And, oh, wow. Uh, so, I tried to choose themed colors. Sorry, uh, audio audience, which is 99% yeah, of our audience. This is, this is, yeah, 99.9, actually, percent yeah, of our you audience. You can go back and watch it on YouTube. Yes. Just uh, imagine a bunch of dots on America. Yeah. Yes. So we I, I kind of themed the colors here. Ben is a is green, like his plane, and all over Georgia and some real extensions there into Florida and up to, uh, I guess it's got your Cincinnati trip in there, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Been up there uh, a couple of times. And furthest west is what, Memphis? Yeah, but I... Did do, yeah, I did not fly my plane to Dallas. So yeah, Memphis would have been the furthest okay. west. Yeah. And then, uh, Brian, I chose orange just because it's a nice retro mm. color. Made me think. This looks was. like the worst planned strategic offensive <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yeah. We can see your, your jaunt out to Marfa and it actually shows the round trip pretty well. There's some spread there. On yeah. How you yeah. went out. And then what's the furthest north you went? Furthest east. Looks like east? Missouri. Yeah. Or east. Uh, east is what, Virginia? West Virginia? Somewhere. Th- uh, the furthest east I flew this year was to the mountains in southern Virginia. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then I am all over the west coast, not surprisingly. You can see PNW my. PNW is covered yeah. up in black. You can't <laughs> even read the states. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a really bad case of chicken pox. Uh, just yeah. every airport I can get to up there. And then you can see my ventures to to the Barrier, SoCal, Southern Utah. Yeah. What is the endurance in that there. plane? Like how far like you got a huge spaces between some I I can go 8 hours between it. And You're burning 4 gallons an hour? 4 an hour. If you get hot, it's less. It's hard to do more than that. Wow. Unless you're low and pinning the throttle. Yeah. So yeah, I it, which is really nice with running MoGas is being able to only stop in the few places there's MoGas. Okay, I'm not conv- okay. I'm not yeah. a MoGas expert, but if MoGas means that you've got a system installed in your plane where you can recycle your own urine into fuel, <laughs> <laughs> then I can see how that's beneficial here because you just sailed over Vic. Nope, don't even need to stop. I haven't gone that direction, the LA to Vegas direction. Um, mm-hmm. it, when I go to, to Southern Utah, I do that by going Portland, Boise, Salt Lake, Southern Utah. Well, you flew from the middle um, of Oregon to all the way to San Francisco. Yes. Yes. That's insane. I can fly from home to SF and still have half a tank on one side, so a quarter tank. <laughs> Would you, um, you just eat a bunch of asparagus or what is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you have to have a system for, for that. Yes. 
and Mogas in, in California, there's, I don't know, about four places in the Bay Area you can get it. And there's one in all of LA. So that, that kind of, for trips, really restricts where I choose to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. That's cool. It, it took a little bit of work to pull that map together. and That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. What else? I think that all of our streaming audience has gone to sleep because we've been yeah. running so long. Yeah, this one's a little bit longer than the others. We'll be back at it next week, next Tuesday with the new year. We'll bring in some, maybe some of our favorites from YouTube. Who knows what we'll talk about next week? That's probably going to be up in the air. But there's, is there anything else from you guys for the good of the order? No, just remind people to do things, to push buttons, to whatever, and let's get out of here. But this has yeah, been a great year. I'm so glad. Look, it's been amazing to have... You guys pick up the reins from Chris and it's gone amazingly. We're doing better than ever. And the it, the growth has been really cool to see. And it's nice to see that it's not only been continued, but we've picked up the pace. We finished the year really strong. I appreciate you guys. I want to take the time to thank all of the support that's been shown to us, uh, especially me and Ted, uh, since we took over. The feedback's been really phenomenal. And um I've gotten a lot of personal feedback as well. And I want to thank everybody out there for the support uh, from all of us. We wish you guys a happy, healthy, wealthy new year. And we look forward to catching up with you guys next week. Signing off episode 55 of the Bid Life Pilot Podcast. Bye, yeah. everybody. <laughs>